So some people will take this conversation and say, wow, this is really helpful. Now I can summon more courage, right? I can create more confidence, right? And I can do some difficult things. But to kind of help you, because one of the things that helps build your confidence is seeing evidence that you have done successful things in the past. Mm -hmm. So you have a list, right, of things that you might be doing on a normal day-to-day basis that you're probably not giving yourself credit for. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. How's it going? I have a very frustrated Eddie with me right now, you guys. (laughs) Talk to the people about your frustrations. This can be your what in the world. Well, you know, it's not a what in the world. It really is more about uh, our mics weren't working. So if I sound a little different, it's because I'm using a shatty mic. Shatty? A shitty mic. Okay. Because our mic fell down during construction because our table that it was on was not the normal table. Mm-hmm. So, By the way, that's now, not a shitty mic, though. That's a Yeti. That's a pretty expensive mic that you're on. You're just used to the bougie mic that broke. Yeah. Well, so let's just, you know, paint a picture. You're upset. You're frustrated. <laughs> but you're calling the shitty mic that you're listening to, you know, I'm, listening you know, to Eddie on. It's not a shitty mic. Well, you know, it doesn't. It's not it's what not you get, want. It's not what I want, but I'm not, I'm getting over it. Slowly. Well, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. This is not what I wanted, though. I know. You get what you get. <laughs> yeah. So that's not my what in the world. But what do you have a what in the world? No, I don't have what in the world right now. I have one for you. Go ahead. So last week, Eddie went to the gym, kind of hurt his back. I don't know, old man problems, possibly. Had to go to a chiropractor, possibly. comes home and is like explaining how the chiropractor had his head dangling in his hands and then just like quickly man-handled cracked the me. shit out of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The chiropractor, uh, he, he manhandles me. Mm-hmm. Like he, he makes me feel small. Which is his job um, to just, and, you know, and, and the whole notion that, you know, you can just grab someone's head and mm-hmm. then just quickly, swiftly with a snap, snap your neck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem right, but that's what happens all the time. And right. I feel great. I mean, it seems like he should be like killing you, though. Right. The way that he does it. Like, how does he know? Doesn't it seem like there's a very fine line of like, oh, shit, snap too far. Now he's dead. I want to know how many times chiropractors have actually killed someone. I'm going to Google it right now. (laughs) I'm going to Google it literally right now. Yeah. I wonder how many times by accident, just trying to help someone good old fashioned chiropractic care. And all of a sudden you snap someone's neck. Just uh, FYI, if you type in have chiropractors, you know what comes up? Auto-populated? What? Kills anyone. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple techniques that he uses. He pulls my neck like it's a piece of string. And literally it basically elongates or lengthens my um, spine. 
And then he does some crazy thing where he cracks them in my back. Guess what the odds are of you being killed by a chiropractor? Like percentages? During an adjustment. Yep. Like percentage? Um, One in how many? Uh, I'm going to say one in 10. One in one million. So it does happen. Yeah, but you said one in 10. <laughs> I mean, people would be dying all the time. Chiropractors would be illegal if one in 10 people died, honey. Well, I'm just saying one in a million. One in one million human beings. Yeah, that means it's happened. It's not like it's never happened. Can we talk about the fact that you just said one in 10? I was just joking. If it was one in 10, I mean, I don't know if I would go to the chiropractor. No, you should not ever go to the chiropractor. One in 10 people are dying. It's a 10% chance that he can kill you. That's very low. 90% chance, Mm. you're good. Right? You shouldn't go. (laughs) Yeah, one in a million. So here's the thing. I take care of our electronics. Right. It's my responsibility. Are I you blaming someone for this right now? No, I'm not. I'm, Sounds I take care very much. Of, I said my frustration comes from the fact that I do a good job of taking care of electronics. Okay. The girls will tell you I don't let them borrow my iPad. I don't let them borrow things because you're selfish. No, I have a very specific way of handling mm-hmm. my electronics. And when they break, it disappoints me. No, you get angry. I get angry because mm-hmm. I expect it to work all the time. That's why I take care of it. Really right. Well. So you know what the lesson is that I'm hearing? Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't give a fuck so much. And then maybe you wouldn't be so disappointed. No, I choose to care. Okay. Well, <laughs> well there you go. So but I'll get over it. Moving we'll, on from we'll your frustration. New microphone. Moving on from your frustration. By the way, two individuals witnessed the breakage of the microphone and just you know, didn't do anything to check on it. Honey, (laughs) you're going to piss me off on air. It fell. We picked it up. We put it on the table. And you said, well, did you check it? I don't know how to check the microphone. What am I checking for? It literally just took you an hour to shake it around, test it. That's not my department. I just said check for physical damage. Yeah. But what would it have done? It would have said, hey, we may want to plug this this microphone in so that we don't go. Well, you knew for the last couple of days you didn't plug it in. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, I don't want to further ruffle your feathers, but Uh, you're pretty irritable right now. And it wasn't my fault. I'm the feather of the bird right now. And I'm just going to throw it out there. You're the one that put them on that table. Okay. So. Fair. If you take such good care of your electronics and you saw that the first one fell. Well, I knew that if it fell. Right. And so what I was trying to do was try to keep the these we're, we're using articulating arms on these microphones. Right. So if I was trying to keep them kind of condensed, but I don't think that happened. And then it no. just, the, the weight was too much. I have a what in the world, but I think you're a little too sensitive for it right now. I'm too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. Maybe I am. Move on. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about actually what we're supposed to talk about Wait, today. Wait, what is your what in the world? No, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Well, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm made out of Teflon. I know, but you're already irritable. I'm fine. No, I just want to love you right now. No. I don't want to piss you off. No, what is your what in the world? Okay, fine. I'm going to tell the world that Eddie had one job, you guys, and that was to order a door for our office. Oh, yeah, too sensitive. Uh, okay. okay, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just, let me just, can I just, before no, you. No, because this is going to take 10 minutes for mud. you to explain no, no, your no, side, no, and no, it's so no. pointless and ridiculous. Um, I'm just, never mind. I'm not going to drag it out, but I ordered some doors mm-hmm. from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I read the descriptions, the size. I feel like you quickly we said, glanced, hey, we you need, hit purchase, we said, buy now. We said, we're getting a door that's 48 
by 80 inches, mm-hmm. right? That's double French doors. Double French doors. Mm-hmm. So I ordered the door. Mm-hmm. And... And they built the frame. And it took two weeks or so to get mm-hmm. here. And so they were, it was holding things up and they built the frame around it. So the door comes today and the frame is and you smaller. It, it doesn't fit. Yeah, because Eddie didn't get the whole dimensions of the entire thing, including the frame. He just gave them the door dimensions. So they were kind of upset because they had to re-break the wall and readjust things, reframe it out. And so, yeah, there's that. But then it gets better, you guys. The doors he ordered, they don't have doorknobs. They are not designed to actually have doorknobs. They don't shut. They don't lock. They just sit there. They are push-pull doors. Mm -hmm. Um, They're considered dummy doors, which are appropriate for an office. Okay, but there Uh, are no dummy handles. So you can't get your dummy ass out once you're shut in. The door handles are sold separately. Which you can't close the dummy ass doors because there's no handles on them. So you had one job. Um, you know, it's okay. We still love you. Uh, well, you know, and you're having a rough day. And so I just want to extend some condolences having, for not, your microphone. I'm not having a rough day. I just had a couple rough moments and you know, I'm over it. And now you're good, right? Yeah. I mean the door thing, I just walked away. I saw that it didn't fit and I was just like, Well, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, and they did, and I heard about it, and they spent the day reframing, and, you know, he said, this is not good. Yeah, and here's here's the thing I told my lovely wife. I said, I own it. You didn't I'm, say that. I did. I said outside. I said, mm. it was my responsibility. I said, I ordered it. Okay. I said, it may have been my bad. Okay. okay? You didn't say that. I did. I not did. Once. You said, you even repeated me outside. You said, oh, okay, see, very good. Good job. You said I owned it or whatever okay. I said, mm-hmm. I, specific words. Mm-hmm. But I also said, can I just suggest something? That, I said, can I suggest that it's the contractor's fault? No, I was not. <laughs> I was saying, is it possible that there is a standardized way of measuring doors mm-hmm. that everyone kind of knows, right? So when you say, hey, I need a, you know, a 48 by 80 door, there's an assumption that there is a half an inch or an inch of a frame that goes around those doors, mm-hmm. which would possibly be a little bit more than the actual measurement that's given. So you're saying that it's basically the contractor's fault because once you told him, hey, I ordered the doors that were 48 by 80, he should have then come to you and said, hey, but what's the actual frame size? I'm not saying he should have did anything. Okay. What I'm saying is, is the, I'm, I was asking you outside, is there a standardized way of looking at doors when you go to measure it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Because it's kind of like I'm in charge of the oven, right? And I'm also in charge of the cabinets and everything else. But when I was trying to tell them the dimensions of the oven the other day, I was like, hold on. The dimensions that are listed on the box are the actual size of the exterior of the oven. But the oven is a built-in oven. So I, common sense, know that there is a cut dimension that you need, which is different than the exterior of the dimensions, right? The exterior dimension. Right. So that was just something that I just assumed before I tell them to cut 36 inches out of the cabinet because the outside of the box says 36 inches. I would just assume that there's probably another dimension that we should check before we cut the cabinet. Yeah, I, fair enough. Absolutely. Well, there you go. (laughs) So there's the lesson. If you are in the middle of a remodel, you should double check the cut size. You should double check the exterior frame size. You should double check all of the sizes. 
And when anyone says that they're going to build something custom for you, you should be very clear on the exact dimensions and ask multiple questions because then it avoids, you know, right. setbacks. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about that is the only reason why I proposed the question, just because I was like, you know, there's got to be like a standardized thing, was simply because... You want to change the whole door industry? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is like... There's a door industry, and I'm sure there's standard sizes for doors unless you get a custom door, right? So if you get a French door, there's only maybe three or four sizes that French door comes in, and then you got to get something custom. Yeah, but I would imagine that the frames are different sizes. But that's what I was going to say is like, if if there's a standardized size for, for doors, then wouldn't they know that even though there's no such thing as a 48 by 80 actual door... There would only be a 49 by 81 because of the actual frame of the door. Well, here's the thing. If people are indeed still listening to this podcast because we've now spent five minutes talking about door sizes, then I want to commend you. But hopefully you learned something. And that is take measurements, ask questions (laughs) and move on. So today I asked you a question. Yeah. And that kind of sparked this idea for this particular podcast. And the question was... When was the last time you exercised courage? Yeah, and I that was an interesting question because I could not remember. Okay. I could not remember because, well, actually, it took me a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I think even, a, yeah, a couple hours to actually mm-hmm. remember a time where I exercised courage. Mm-hmm. But it's something that you can not necessarily notice because you're if you're kind of used to doing things that mm-hmm. maybe I think many people will see as, oh, wow, that's... That's courageous. I can't mm-hmm. believe you did that. I can't believe you spoke in front of those all those people. I mm-hmm. can't believe you had that type of conversation. I can't believe you would start a business, all mm-hmm. those things. But um, the one that came to mind was when I told a manager off. <laughs> My boss at the time, mm-hmm. uh, he was talking to me about something and he was upset about something that was in my store mm-hmm. and he was pointing his fingers at me mm-hmm. and i'll never forget he was just like you have to do this thing and i i stopped him and i said hold on before we continue this conversation i need you to one drop your voice there are no children around mm-hmm. and i need you to two never point at me again mm-hmm. and he like you should have saw the, his face and mm-hmm. he was like oh uh, 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 i'm sorry and like he just you know right. changed the subject mm-hmm. but i thought that that was a moment where i exercised Encourage. Mm, that's good. Yeah. But when you first asked me, I was stumped. What made you exercise courage in that moment? Well, thinking about it, there are a few things that trigger me, mm-hmm. right? So when people take advantage of people, like, you know, if they confuse their, their kindness for weakness, that mm-hmm. triggers me mm-hmm. when people try to take advantage. And I think that he was, at that time, he had triggered me because I think he was taking my courteous gestures or mm-hmm. my kindness or the way and manner I was speaking for my respectfulness mm-hmm. for granted. And he tried to bully me. Mm. And that it normally for many years would have put me into a rage, but I was mature, responsible, mm. professional at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just told him never again. Mm. And what was your relationship like with him after? Uh, not good. Oh, because you pissed him off? I don't know if I because I pissed him off or he just never really took a, a liking to me politically, I think that there was a problem there mm. based on how we came to the company and all the different things that came along with that. Got it. Who was this boss? This was um, Hans- Hanson, Eric Hansen. Mm. Eric Hansen. Mm, if you're okay. out there, Eric, listen to Her- Eric Hansen. 
I don't hold a grudge, but you were out of line, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you said his name. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there you it's, have it. Redemption. But you know what, what made me think about is like when you when you think about courage, sometimes there are things that usher in courage. And that may be about someone has triggered one of your values, mm-hmm. right? So he had triggered something that I, I hold valuable. Like if I see someone on the street taking mm-hmm. advantage of an old lady, I'm going to run over there and make and, and get in front of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I see anyone, you know, treating anyone poorly and, and like taking advantage of them, it just triggers me. Mm. So, yeah, that was that was what moved me to exercise courage. Well, I asked you that question because uh, someone asked me the other day, like, what times I felt that I exercised courage. And I said, you know, I think I don't recognize it, but I'm pretty courageous. Like there are not many things that like have me trembling in my boots. I mean, there's a lot of things I can think of that I want to do that I know would be scary to put yourself out there. You know, I want to publish a book. What if people don't buy your book? What if they don't like it? What if your Amazon reviews suck, right? That's scary, but not scary enough for me to not do it. I want to speak on a stage and speak to 10,000 people at some point in my life. That's scary. But I also know that if I go out on stage and it sucks, at least at least 10 people will think that it was good, right? right? Or at least it will be an indicator that I have room for improvement. Like so anyways, this person that was asking me about courage said that there's a recipe to developing more courage and shared the recipe with me, which I want to share with you guys. So the first step, there's three steps. The first step or ingredient, I guess, is people who are courageous know how to properly communicate them with themselves. So what I mean by that is, you know, your language matters. What you say to yourself matters. So let's just say that you're getting ready to start a business And that's obviously going to require a ton of courage, not just for the grand opening, but for everything that you do that you're unfamiliar with, right? So if you have a skill or a talent, which I would assume that's why you're pursuing, you know, the desire to start a business, then I would say that properly communicating with yourself would be having a good discussion around all of the great things that you are capable of. You know, like people really love my stuff. So I think that I'm moving in the right direction. I've been really successful in selling, you know, my photography or my fitness or whatever. And if I move forward with this business, I think it'll give me the opportunity to serve more people. Right. Right. But if you say stuff like, oh, I suck, you know, what if nobody likes it and you're starting to negatively talk yourself out of it, then that's someone who demonstrates a poor sense of self-communication. Yeah. And so you said something earlier when you said when it comes to self-communication is asking yourself really good questions. Uh huh. Right. And I think that that is an important thing. And we talk to our students about that is asking yourself questions. What about this makes this so important to Mm -hmm. me. What about this that is like a need? And I think we were talking about it and you were saying, and I was telling you, when I watch you be courageous, Mm -hmm. I feel like you put yourself in a situation where you must do it. Right. Right. And so I don't know what that dialogue is, is, you know, and I know you shared a little bit, but I'll let you share with the people, but I know you make it to a point where it's a necessity that I have to do this thing. Right. Well, so two of our daughters are actresses, and I was talking about this concept with Jordan. And I said, you know, successful, courageous people, they properly self-communicate, right? So what does that mean? I said, if you're getting ready to go on stage and you say, 
oh my God, I'm going to forget my lines. Oh my God, you know, I'm going to fall on my face. Oh my God. If you communicate negative thoughts to yourself, what's going to happen? She goes, I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to suck, right? And she goes, every time I go out on stage, I tell myself, people are here to see me. They believe that I can do this and I'm going to deliver an amazing performance. That's awesome. I didn't know this. Yeah. So she's giving herself positive affirmations, right? So I said, well, check box number one, right? right? You are a really good self-communicator and that's required when you need to summons courage, yeah. right? And so number two, which I think we spent a lot of time talking about this because this is kind of innate for me. So number two is they kind of fear cast and they focus on the consequences. So what's it going to cost me if I don't do this? How will this impact my life, my business, my family, my money, my clients, my time? I don't know, whatever it is. I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, because you're so positive, this might come off as pessimistic. But for me, it's a huge driver, I think, because scarcity drives me, right? And right. survival drives me. So I've learned that about myself, and I'm kind of trying to dial it back a bit. But if I focus on the consequences, hey, babe, we need to get better at our money, because if not, we're going to be in the same position 30 years from now. Right. And that was a conversation we had for many years, right? If we don't make changes in the way that we're managing or spending money, we're going to wind up struggling to put our kids through college. We're going to wind up never having our dream home. We're going to wind up living check to check. Like I always fear cast the worst case scenarios and then it kind of kicks my ass into gear and then I must show up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that um, is a, could be a very effective mm-hmm. way of looking at it. You're right. I, I don't necessarily go that far down right. in that from a standpoint of, calling out the worst case scenario if mm-hmm. I don't do something. But remember think, we went to Tony Robbins, yeah. like we did this whole exercise where they turned the lights yeah. down yeah. and they made you literally think of the worst case scenario and like cry out and people were crying in the aisles, remember? Right. And so fear casting is a huge driver for, I would say most humans, right? Yeah, I think it's important to fear cast. I think mm-hmm. it's important to understand what is the cost if you don't do something? I think that it it with the other things that you were talking about with asking yourself right. the good questions can be really, really effective. Well, so uh, adding number one and two, you know, properly communicating with yourself and number two, focus on the consequences. If I'm getting ready to go on stage and I hear myself speak negatively or talk about being nervous, but I quickly cut myself off and say, nope. If you keep talking to yourself like this, you won't perform at your best. That's also fear casting, right? Yeah. And I think for me, like I think about when I think about fear casting, I immediately go to what do I need to do so that doesn't happen? Right. So you're kind of using a combination of one and two. Right. And I think that where we would have disconnects is you, if you would call out something that we're not doing, mm-hmm. then I would immediately say, what do we need to do? Because I right. just, I need to move forward. I can't, right. you know what I mean? And which is good or not good nor bad, mm-hmm. but I think it, they both have moments where they're very, very important. Right. So number three, the third step to creating more courage would be successful, courageous people focus on positive outcomes. So for example, when I write my book, I'll be able to serve millions of people. 
if I ship this out to the world, I'll be able to find the right customers to serve. If I utilize my skills and talents, they'll be able to impact more people than me holding on to them. Right. Right. So I think that those three are a great combination for if you're ever feeling like you need more courage, you need to be building your confidence. You're trying to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that you've never done before. I think walking through those three things can be a freaking game changer for you. And that's what we wanted to share with you guys today. Yeah. And and if I can just, you know, if I were to add anything, Mm -hmm. just based on my story, I told you, I would say that if I would add a four, Mm -hmm. if, if I may, what do you value and what's at stake? So like putting your value at the center of that. That's focusing on the consequence. That's yeah. It's focused Mm -hmm. on the consequence. But when like I, felt like I was making a courageous move by telling my boss Mm -hmm. off or putting him in his place and standing up for myself. Mm -hmm. It was because of my values. But I think you using that, you know, focus on the consequences, the consequences of you not standing up to him would have meant that every time he came in and he was dissatisfied with something, he would treat you like shit. Right. So to me, that is what it is. I'm going to focus on the consequence. And if I don't do this right now, it will not work out well for both of us, right? Yeah, and I think the reason why I say that is because I think you're right, but the reason why I think it's important is because when you think about a hero Mm -hmm. and a hero stepping up to try to save the day, that hero is driven to be courageous because of the fact that they value what they're trying to preserve, Mm -hmm. right? Superman values the earth, right? He's trying to save the earth from whatever, you know. Is that his thing? Yeah, like he oh. loves the earth. And so he wants to preserve it and save it. Right? So he's a, a tree-hugging liberal. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I, I, I didn't think, know that was Superman's thing. No, no, but he... I mean, the, Spider-Man loves his friendly neighborhood. He's right. Just a, so he but values, he only likes his neighborhood. Right, but everything everything, <laughs> everything he talks about, he talks about, he talks about, I don't know why we're talking about these fictional characters, but... You brought they, it up. They value something. So I think that there's something, I don't know exactly how, and I think mm-hmm. you could probably put your values in the questions that you ask yourself. You could put your values at stake mm-hmm. for the consequence. Yeah. Or you can say that, I really value my family. And so I'm going to do audacious and courageous things because I want to put my family in the best position possible. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, focus on the positive outcomes. If I do this courageous thing, my kids will be proud of me. I will set an example for what being courageous looks like, right? Right. So I think that, because I've ran it kind of through, but a lot of things that you're saying, I think, fall into those categories. So some people will take this conversation and say, wow, this is really helpful. Now I can summon more courage, right? I can create more confidence, right? And I can do some difficult things. But to kind of help you... Because one of the things that helps build your confidence is seeing evidence that you have done successful things in the past. Mm -hmm. So you have a list, right, of things that you might be doing on a normal day-to-day basis that you are probably not giving yourself credit for. Yeah. And, you know, what I think is important is, and I hope you guys caught what Janelle said, because I I love when she says it. She said it a couple of times before we jumped on, but she said summons courage. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's like a call. Yeah. Like you're calling on yourself 
to step up. Well, Thor holds out his hand and his hammer comes. <laughs> I literally, I feel like that's what I do. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not Thor by any Ladies stretch of the means. She has her hands However, right I'm summoning my hammer right now, <laughs> which is my courage. Right? I love that. And I think that that's a great little trigger for people. Well, you like, should maybe buy me a hammer pendant for my necklace. That'd be awesome. And I'll put it on my necklace. Uh, you know, I'll wear it. So the next thing I do something, I just rub my necklace a little bit, gives me some courage. I love that. Because I think <laughs> you can see people in the street who listen to the Push Podcast holding their arms. I want to see your hand out. I want you to be summonsing your hammer. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so when Janelle asked me that question, I was like, wow. You know, I'm sure there are things, if I really looked hard, mm -hmm. that I've been courageous about. And I think that you could probably pull a lot more things that you've been courageous about mm -hmm. that you kind of just move through. Like, right. I think because you make things a necessity, it's very easy not to see it as courage. Oh, for sure. It's to see it as I have to do it. And right? we've talked about this in the past where people ask us all the time, like, share some of your deepest struggles. And I'm like... See, we go through struggles every day. Right. And I think we've just gotten so used to being able to push through and like not be phased by them that I honestly can't even remember what some of them are. Now, that's not to dismiss that we've been through some really challenging times where we have been on our knees, you know, asking for the Lord <laughs> to just let up a bit. Right. 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 But. What I'm trying to say is like bad shit happens all the time to the Copelands and we just kind of say, oh, well, you know, this is inconvenient. Yeah. Like, I mean, a million things have happened this year, you guys, that when we're ready, we'll share. But I mean, just last week, I found out that health wise, I needed to have a surgery. Yeah. Well, this is kind of inconvenient, but guess what? Such a huge blessing, even though it's a major surgery, my husband can be with me. Yeah. My kids will be home. We'll schedule it a week before Christmas and we'll get to spend the holidays together. <laughs> I'm just going to be in bed, which right. is why we decided to go out and buy a bed. Right. Yeah. So there are so many ways for you to take these negative things that come your way and just put a positive spin on them. Find the blessing. The blessing is thank God it's not a terminal illness and I'm not battling for my life. Right. right. And so, yeah, it's inconvenient. Yeah, the shit's probably going to hurt, especially because they said my recovery is going to be four to six weeks. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? Yeah. I literally asked her, what did I? I don't know if I told you this. I was like, four to six weeks. I said, here's a better question. How long do you think I'll have to be on drugs? <laughs> And she said, probably two weeks. I said, oh, I'll be up and running in two weeks then. Yeah. Like, that's how I processed it right, in my right. brain. I'm not going to push myself. But like, when you tell me six weeks, I'm going to be down. I'm like, mm, let me ask a better question. That sounds like an eternity. Right. <laughs> let me ask yeah. a better question. How long will I be sedated? Two weeks. Right. Okay. Well, then I'm going to heal quickly because you're going to get me nourishing meals. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you some good meals. Don't let me starve. No, I won't let you starve. You're You'll have a well new fed. kitchen. Yeah. I'll be in there like. If you guys fuck up my kitchen, I'm going to be so upset. No, we're no, we're gonna make sure the kitchen stays clean. Okay, at least by the time you you're ready to go. So for at least two <laughs> weeks, we have a pass. Oh but, my um, god! I, I wanted to. It's, it's important. So I, I wrote, we wrote down it's some things that I think that for all you listening, we want to make sure that you know that you are actually you are loved. Yeah, you are loved. You okay. are actually exercising courage um, every day, probably uh -huh. that you need to summons more often, especially for the big things. So right? Eddie's a little more positive than I am. I'm just going to say, if you think it's courageous because you crossed the street or you rode the train to work, 
That's not well, very courageous. There but, okay. are phobias out there where people have a tough time doing it. So baby steps across the street. Okay? I mean, people, I guess. Steps, okay. Baby steps. Whatever. Right. So, Give the people some credit. <laughs> no, but I, one of the things I wrote down was this. The lack of recognition or awareness of the times that you are courageous can hurt you being courageous in the future. And what I mean by that is if when you don't see and you don't look at, we talk about this when it talks about confidence, another great C word, um, that confidence is about evidence, right? It's about mm-hmm. pulling and looking at your life and moments when you have been confident. Well, courage, I think, is a very similar situation where there are things that you've overcome. There are things that you stepped up and you re- didn't really realize it, maybe because you made it a necessity, maybe because you, there was a great reward on the other end of it. Uh, maybe because they were, you were trying to avoid a consequence, mm-hmm. all, all the things that Janelle just kind of talked about. But a couple of things is you have courage when you take responsibility of things, mm. right? You might be the problem. So if you're willing- You likely are. Yeah, when you, yeah you likely are. And when you're willing to say, yeah, it was me, my, my responsibility. A lot of it time, was you that ordered the wrong door. <laughs> you were not courageous about that. Right. Well- I, well, you're still all the time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I no, I did take responsibility. I said it was my responsibility. I ordered the door. There definitely was probably something missing. Okay, uh, I didn't realize it they're was a called dummy. knobs. I didn't know there was a dummy door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was going to come with holes in it. These I thought we we're going to be able to pick out our own knobs. These are doors for like stunt scenes, like <laughs> like movie sets. They're fake. They're oh dummy my doors. God. All right, we have dummy um, doors in our office. Uh, have the courage or you have the courage when you're being yourself. Okay. What do you mean? I think when you're being authentic, when you're being you Mm -hmm. and you're not customizing yourself or are minimizing yourself to fit in a particular group or a situation or even in your workplace. So have the courage to be authentic. Yeah. To be authentic, to be yourself. Uh, so for, for those out there that do that on a regular basis, awesome. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to speak your mind, Mm -hmm. right? Say what you have to say. Say what's on your mind. Don't be apologetic about mm-hmm. it. Do it in a way that's respectful, but also I think your voice needs to be heard. Love it. Stand alone. Tell me more. Stand alone is about being able to be the only one advocating for something. Mm. Right? And so I thought you meant like uh, be courageous, leave your shitty ass relationship no, and be no, alone. No. That able- is courageous. Yeah. And that's one of them. Okay. But I think... Being able to just stand and say, although 10 people are saying one thing, I believe this to be right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that that takes courage. And I think that there are times when the greater group is wrong and yeah. you're right. Well, we work with a lot of people that, you know, are trying to summon the courage to leave a job that they're really comfortable in, or they're trying to, you know, find the courage to get out of a relationship that's no longer serving them or find the courage to say no because they're overextending themselves by saying yes to all this stuff. And now they're frustrated and overwhelmed and overworked, right? So I think you're onto something when, you know, you're self-advocating for yourself, your mental health, like that is very courageous. And I got to tell you, no is one of my favorite words. (laughs) Well, I, I just, think that I don't say yes to anything that I can't say yes excitedly to. Right. And I think that, that there are times where we've seen in history where amazing inventions have occurred and no one believed in that person right. or they didn't think it would work or they mm-hmm. didn't think anyone would buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were able to stand alone and say, no, I think this is this is the uh, something the next best thing. Right. Well, Swiffer, we were just using the Swiffer on our new floors right now. And I heard on um, a podcast, this is how I built how I built this, that 
they were sitting around in a boardroom and somebody put a maxi pad on the end of a stick and that's how the Swiffer came about. There you have it. I mean, (laughs) have the courage to put pads on the end of sticks. That's a good one. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So you are exercising courage or you have courage when you are sharing something you create to the world. Yeah, because you're shipping it out to the world, knowing that it might be attacked or not well received, Mm -hmm. right? Like the book that we want to write. So we write a book, you get one shitty Amazon review. I'm just going to tell you, there's a special place in hell for people that write bad reviews. I've said that before, but there just is. Like, I mean, unless the book offended (laughs) you, why are you going to take the time to do that? (laughs) There's some people that's their job. I mean, yeah, but it's not everybody's job. No, no, it is not. There are people. There, I will say this: people that are not qualified to give critiques. Yeah, the keyboard warriors. I will say sometimes the negative reviews, though, like because I mean, do you ever read reviews? I'll give you an example. There was a book that I wanted to read, and it was called uh, "Do Less." Mm -hmm. And I read the reviews and the first review I read said, this book is stupid. She (laughs) spent a whole two chapters talking about her period, you know, and that could have turned somebody off. Right. It just so happened I was having a really tough year with periods. And so I was like, download, done. So that negative one star review sealed the deal for me. I got to tell you, it was a game changer for me. Yeah. So if you feel like you're overwhelmed, if you're also having terrible periods, <laughs> uh, you got to get Do Less by Kate, I think Kate Northrup. Kate no, Northrup. There you go. So she talked about the fact that only in the United States do we not acknowledge women when they're on their periods. Not saying you have to have a sign up and do something nice for me. But in India, apparently when you're on your period, the mom gets like the week off. She's not even allowed to come in the kitchen just because they want her to just rest, recover, do whatever. Wow. Uh, yeah, moving to India. Thank you. Oh, my God. And so I've been programmed my whole life to be like, just push through, suck it up, be a driver. And now I plan my work schedule around my periods because I know that I'm not going to feel that great. And this right. might be TMI for some of the guys listening. <laughs> I don't give a shit. If your wife's on her period, cut her some slack. And so I learned that from a negative one-star review. Cut her loose. (laughs) No, don't cut her loose. Cut her some slack. Oh, my God. I learned from the book, you shouldn't be doing high-intensity training if your body is saying, hey, I want to rest and recover. Great. I do yoga during that week. It feels great. Yeah. There you have it. Fun facts from the Push Podcast. All right. Another courageous thing is to help others when you're in need. Okay. So I think that most people can't comprehend like, you know, I don't have enough, which is why I can't help other people. Right. And I think and I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's an act of obviously a little bit of faith. But also, I think there's an act of courage mm-hmm. to say, I'm willing to put myself aside to help someone, mm-hmm. whether they're in a worse situation or maybe in their situation that is not as grave as yours. But the act of doing it, I think, takes courage. Yeah. I think standing up for people, too, would fall in that category. I stand up for people all the time. Absolutely. All right. Trust somebody. Trust others. Mm, You know how many people I've had my heart broken. I just can't. I have these walls that are up. Okay. Well, be courageous. Let a little trust in. Yeah. I don't think there's happiness in walls. Mm, I don't think so either. No. I think that you've got to like that relationship, whatever the situation was. 
trust was not something that was mm-hmm. great and you move on and I think you got to have the courage to trust again. I trust you. Yeah, because you have to have, I trust you too and I think because you have to have your whole, mm-hmm. you got to be all in. You yeah. can't just be like, oh, I kind of, oh, yeah. sort of, maybe, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't think that brings a lot of happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said this I already. I love you conditionally. Uh, what? No. Like people, oh. they're in relationships yeah. like conditionally. I, only I love, love you, you if you're faithful. Only if I can trust you. Right. <laughs> But when I can't trust you, um, I love you less. Right. And it, when I can't trust you, then I have one foot out. Right. And I think be we gotta, committed. We got to have that's that courageous. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So uh, you mentioned this already, but the courage to say no. Mm-hmm. Protect I love your it. time. Protect your energy. No one else is going to do that for you. Protect your focus. Mm-hmm. The courage to say yes. Okay. To take action. Say yes to the dress. Take. <laughs> <laughs> But take action, mm-hmm. right? To go out and do something. Yep. To, take, to go out on a limb, put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned this, the courage to say, to let go. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you're, when, you ha- when you have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, in a relationship? Period. Mm-hmm. I think when you're struggling with things, the courage is to say, I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe focus on just the solution, but I'm going to let it go and I'm let God. Yep. Whatever it let is. Let go, I, let God. I think that's huge. Whatever God you believe in. This one's a big one. Have the courage to ask for what you want. Oh, I thought you were going to say ask for help. Most people don't ask for help. That's another one. That's mm-hmm. on my list. That's great. Yeah. I see how we freestyle yeah. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that the courage to ask for help is is something that I think plagues me because I don't like that. Oh, I love. I ask for help for everything. I know. You ask me to do all kinds of crazy stuff. No, just, not you. <laughs> just, I ask random people for help. <laughs> I just I have no problem asking for help. Yeah, and so I, I will stop you in floor and decor and be like, "Hey, I know you don't know me, but can I show you a picture of my bathroom? Can you just tell me which tile is your favorite vote?" I ask for random help all the time. You're the same person to say you don't like critics. This is just like oh, no, I, like I don't like one star review I'm just critics. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's great. I mean, for those out there, if you are finding yourself having results in life that you don't want, a lot of times you guys got to ask the right person for some advice. Can we also talk about the fact that? It takes courage. I mean, I'm full of this, but courage to ask for things, ask for help, ask for guidance, ask for rules to be flexible. Like I'm like, when you tell me that there's boundaries or barriers, I'm like, but are they flexible? Right. Like that's Do my question. Bend? Do they yeah. bend? Right. Right. So let me give you a quick example. Olivia, she works for us. She is on Team Copeland. I told her, hey, here's a file. I need you to go print them. I need you to shop around, see where you can get them and how quickly we can get them. So I give her a couple hours and she tells me, hey, you know, I think Staples is the best way to go. And I'm like, are you sure? Did you call Amazon Graphics, right? So she's like, hey, you were right. They were the cheapest. You know, they said they could have them ready for us on Monday. And I said, well, it's Friday at noon. Why don't you ask them super charmingly if there's any possible way that they can get them done before close of business today? So she goes, oh, okay, I don't know. And I was like, just ask them. Be charming. I said, use your charisma, right? Right. What do you think she did? She called me back. She goes, they said they'll have them ready before they close today. Boom. Okay. So I asked her when she came and brought them to me, I said, so what did you learn today? She (laughs) said, I learned that you have to ask. Well, that maybe takes courageous, like it takes some courage from some people that normally just follow by the rules. I don't follow rules. Like, I just want to know, is there any leeway? Right. right? Yeah. tell me you're really good at that. Always. And I, you know, the thing I say all the time, closed mouths don't get fed. Right. 
So on last week, we had a fiasco with our cabinets. I was a little bit of a mess. I had to call this company, ask them for a quote, right? So they gave me a quote. Hey, it's going to be $3,800 for us to come install your cabinets. And I was like, wow, okay, is that negotiable? I literally asked her. She's so, um, no. (laughs) By her saying, um, that leads me to believe that it is negotiable, right? Right. So I said, well, look, can we just look at the fact we've already spent $11,000? Is there anything we can do? We already put the cabinets together, blah, 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 blah. She took off some money. Boom. Done. Yeah. Okay. Then she said, we can come on Thursday. And I said, I just have to ask. I don't want to be pushy, but is there any other available appointments that are before Thursday? And she said, no, there's not. Okay. Thank you. I'll back off. Right. But the thing is, is like sometimes I know that people don't get their way or they don't get what they want because they just won't ask. Right. Like when you tell me a rule, I'm like, but is it bendable? But is that really the rule? In in reality. Is there an exception? Right. And most things, there's human beings involved. And if there's human beings involved, then there's there's leeway. Leeway. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it is all subjective. And people right. are going to be like, yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. I can do that. And I'm really nice when I do it. So people want to genuinely help me. Right. So when people say really stupid stuff like, oh, people don't give a shit. You know, they're so terrible at customer service. I'm like, I always get good service. <laughs> I do because I demand it. Like, I'm a good customer. I ask good questions. I want you to be able to do your job well. Part of you doing your job well is making sure that I'm happy. So let me help you. Right. Right. So just think about that. It requires courage to not only ask for a discount, but to be reasonable. Don't be, yeah. don't ask for be what a you cheapskate. Want. Yeah. And then also, I think, ask for help. Those are two big ones. The next one is uh, have the courage to serve someone with feedback. Mm. Like giving someone like very specific, you mm-hmm. know, hey, this is what's wrong. This There's is- someone in our household that does not like feedback. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'm real <laughs> courageous and they don't want to receive it. Right. And I think you also have to be have courage to receive feedback. Right. right? You have to be brave enough to allow yourself to say, okay, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to receive that. I'm going right. to take that in. I don't like hearing it, mm-hmm. but I think it's important. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, <laughs> and then the next one is uh, have the courage to be a leader. Mm. I think when you lead people, I think leaders, for the most part, forget that they're being courageous because they're constantly going out trying to see around the corner, mm-hmm. right? Trying to see the thing that no one can see and trying to prepare their team as much as possible, but whether it be your family. Okay. Before we end this, I want to leave you guys with something. If you are a parent, I would say that it's your responsibility to instill courage in your kids. Yeah. So we just gave you kind of the recipe for that. But one thing that I think we did with our kids at a really, really young age, we didn't speak on behalf of them. When we yeah. showed up somewhere, we introduced them. Oh, this is Jasmine, Jordan, and Kayla. Girls, say hi. And we made them say hi, right? right? We made them, when I took them to the doctor and the doctor was like, so what are her symptoms? I was like, Jordan, tell her how you feel. And that was what was interesting is when I was making Jordan's appointment that she had over the phone today, mm-hmm. the lady was like, I was like, oh, well, she doesn't get out of school because they said 415. I was uh-huh. like, oh, I hope she's out of school by that time. But I said, I'll, I'll just take it. She goes, oh, well, she don't have to be there. I go, uh, yes, yes, she, she does. does. She's advocating <laughs> she's, for her body, for her needs, asthma. Yeah. She needs to tell you what the hell's wrong with her. I said, her. yeah, she needs to tell the doctor what's going on. Right. She goes, oh, okay. I was like, what? What was that? See, but she thinks like, oh, your kid's 15. You're the adult. So I would just tell you that lady, whoever she was, is not raising her kids to be courageous. So part of the thing that we've instilled in our kids is like advocate for yourself. 
there's going to be times where we may not be able to advocate for you. Right. You got to advocate for yourself. And we talked about this before. That's where the good entitlement comes mm-hmm. from. Like you are entitled to have a voice to sp- to speak on your behalf. Right. To tell a person, you know, like look at it, a doctor is a person of authority, mm-hmm. right? To speak on the to the doctor and say, this is what's wrong with me. Help me with my symptoms, right. whatever the case may be. Well, I remember Jordan was four. We were at Applebee's and that was when we were starting the bakery. Kids ate for free on Tuesday or something. Yeah. And she, uh, we made them always order their own food food when we ate out. And so she ordered the kids mac and cheese with her raspberry iced tea, whatever. And it got brought to her. And I just remember her at four flagging down the waitress. Excuse me. I'm so sorry, but my mac and cheese is still kind of cold. Could you just put it in the microwave for a few minutes? And the lady looked at her like, who is this little body? Like, she goes, oh, my God, honey. Yeah, I'll make you another one. She goes, no, you can just put it in the microwave. It's okay. It's just cold. Right. That is having courage instilled in you from a young age that's going to help propel you to utilize and summons your courage when you get older. Yeah, so I just want to leave you right. parents with that. Like, it is so your good. responsibility to instill courage in your kids, whether girls, boys, especially girls, because it's been proven that boys will develop more confidence, you know, as they're going through sports or whatever, like you're expecting boys to be winners. Girls are supposed to be cute and sweet. F that. Right. Girls need to be winners too. Girls it, need to advocate for themselves, learn how to speak up for themselves right. and do all that stuff. And and what's interesting, I started reading this book that was talking about these women, these female heads of state, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, and they were talking to them about the fact that confidence was a huge issue for them. Mm-hmm. Still, even though that they mm-hmm. were running a country or uh, had a, a prominent position right. uh, in their country, uh, which I thought was very, very interesting. So, you know, we'll get to talk about that in another ec- episode. But the last thing that I want to talk about um, from a courage standpoint is the courage to persevere, mm-hmm. to stay, the stick to itiveness, mm-hmm. to stay with something, mm-hmm. to go through the especially bumps. Especially when shit's bad. Yeah, especially when it's bad, to, especially in a relationship or in a marriage or in a, is the ability to say, I'm going to stay with this because this matters. This is important. And this mm-hmm. won't break us. Right. This won't break me. This is not going to take me down. Um, so that I think so. Takes right courage. there, you were just properly communicating with yourself in a positive way. Like, yeah. I'm going to stick with this because I made a commitment and I'm not going to let this take me down. So again, to kind of summon, like to uh, sum it up again, the three things that we're recommending. So learn how to properly communicate with you yourself. Your words matter. So be encouraging to yourself when you feel that negativity slip in. You got to redirect it and turn it into something that is useful for you. So a good question to ask yourself is when you hear that negative self-chatter kick in, you ask yourself, is this communication effective for my success? Right. Well, that's good. That's a great question. Is this feedback loop that I'm replaying over and over in my head, is it effective for my success? No, then do it. No, then get your ass on stage. No, then hit publish, Yeah. right? Yeah. Number two, focus on the consequences. What's it going to cost you to not do this thing? And number three, focus on the positive outcomes. When and if I do this, then this will happen. Mm. So those are your three ways to summons more courage. And I was really thankful that, you know, this coach shared this with me because Although I feel very courageous, I do think that it's a great recipe that I already shared with the kids that I do think 
when you need to summon your hammer, you hold out your hand, you remember these three things, and I think you'll be poised for success. Yeah, and as we sign off and get off, you also have to have the courage to walk away. The courage to say... Are you walking away from me? No, I'm just saying, oh. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, as we end this episode, we have mm-hmm. to have the courage to, to, to walk away when, when something is over. When well, you know what? It's funny is, that you say that because I totally forgot that I made the decision to walk away from the bakery, right? right? I cannot tell you how many people messaged me and said, that was so courageous. I'm so inspired by your yeah. decision. I thought that I had to have my bakery for the rest of my life. So you know what? There's my answer. When the person asked me, when was the last time you exercised courage? I'd say I exercise it every day, but that was probably the last really big thing that I did publicly. I wanted to share why I was retiring from the baking industry. And that was so that I can help serve other people so that I can share my experiences. If I didn't do it, focusing on the consequences, if I didn't make that decision, I would have stayed and felt handicapped. I would have felt stagnant and I would wouldn't have felt this excitement that I have right now to move into a new season of my life, right? The proper communication, the self-communication, I knew that I was being called to do something greater. So rather than saying, but you built this thing and everybody loves it and people are going to miss your cupcakes. If I leave and I'm in a better, happier space with more time, I can publish a cookbook and I can serve them, right? So immediately I'm coming up with ways to redirect that negative thinking. And so that was the last time I really exercised a tremendous amount of confidence or of courage. And people really responded well to that. People that were already feeling stuck and stagnant reached out and it was really helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, I think when you hear the things we just talked about on this list, Really, a lot of those things you probably do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in this conversation, even Janelle had a revelation yeah. of like, oh, wow, I did exercise mm-hmm. courage there. And I think it's really to understand the definition of courage. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I think it's when you meet resistance or when you read opposition. And although you don't you, like you have to muster to the strength, I think that's when you're exercising courage, mm-hmm. when you have to overcome something that maybe you didn't think you were able to do, or maybe you had to have a conversation with yourself to move forward with because it could have been easier to not do anything. I think Mm. that's when you're exercising courage. Yeah, it's definitely easier to not do anything. Right. But it's also painful. See me thinking of the consequence. (laughs) That shit's painful. Well, It's easy to sit on your couch and watch Netflix, but that shit's painful to be 30 pounds overweight. And it's also painful to have regret. Yeah. So I immediately go to number two, the consequences. Yeah. If I do this, oh shit, this feels really good. If I do this, I'm going to be addicted to drugs. <laughs> yeah. I, that's just my go-to. What's your go-to? Your go-to is focus on the positive. Yeah. What's possible? A thousand percent. What's yeah. possible? Mm-hmm. What's possible? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, it's, I'm just optimistic that way. I'm ho- I'm hardwired that way to think, okay, if I do this and I step up, then this is what could be possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that those those questions and or I should say that formula is so important because you're gonna need it at different times. Yeah. Right. I think when you're trying to be disciplined around eating, I think maybe consequences is a good way to look at mm-hmm. it. Right. Because maybe you can't see yourself more fit or mm-hmm. in the best shape of your life. And if you can't see it, maybe you don't know it's possible. Yeah. And so maybe you need to look at it from a standpoint the doctor said, if you don't get it together, you're going to have to have major surgery. Or if mm. you don't get it together, you're going to die early. 
Yeah. I think that that will compel you to be courageous and make a change in your life. I think when it comes to dieting, some women are trying to get away from the negative consequences, though. Like, you know, let's say that you're dieting, you do really well for a week, and then you go to a party and you're in a social environment and you just cave and you're like, okay, fine, I'll have some cake. Then you tell yourself you're going to be fat forever, blah, blah, blah. And so that could be wrong, right? right? But I think in that case, I'd say move towards the positive outcomes. The positive outcome is I've done really well for a week. It's only one setback. It's just a piece of cake. Tomorrow I can buckle down and I can get back in, right? Yeah. And I'm glad you just, you said you didn't go to the social consequences, because I think sometimes we give too much reverence to what other people think. Yeah, if I don't eat the cake, they're going to be offended. Um, or no, or yeah, or if I don't get in shape, the social ills of that people are going to look at me. That you know, all these different things that you give so much power to other right. people that and they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They're not paying attention yeah. to you, but it doesn't do anything for your self esteem, mm-hmm. right? Well, so. you know what? You're smart. I like you. <laughs> All right. All right. I hope this episode served you guys. If it was something delightful, you got something wonderful and uh, you learned a little bit, please take 30 seconds to leave us a review. It really helps us continue to create great content for you. And uh, we just hope that you push through and exercise some courage this week. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through